0: Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. Brene Brown said, if we want to fully experience love and belonging, we must believe that we are worthy of love and belonging. Today we are going to build on this idea. Today we're going to talk about the power of divine love and the intersection of self love with that. So step one, according to Brene here, is to believe that we are worthy of love and belonging. Step two, as you'll see as we get into the program, is to develop that self-love. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment. And giving you the listener ideas to work with in making your stories work for you, story power serves you best when you know how to use it. I am currently reading a book, and it's called "Health Revelations from Heaven and Earth." It's by Tommy Rosa and Stephen Sinatra, M.D. and the book's really interesting because it shares Tommy's near-death experience. So he goes to heaven, and while he's there, he has shown eight health principles that he learns, and he comes down and partners with uh, Stephen, the MD, and he talks about what he was taught in heaven, and then the MD sort of gives his perspective from a, a medical perspective about how those things are true and how they are used. But one of the things that was most important that he learned, one of these eight things was about self-love. And I wanted to share a quote as we start off on this. He said, quote, to be self-loving is the foundation of divine love. Divine love flows eternally and unconditionally between God and all living beings and never wavers. But for you to truly perceive and feel divine love, there must be a foundation of self-love in your life. With this foundation, you can also love others unconditionally, as God loves you. You will be able to love without fear and without wanting. Self-love also activates the divine spark within you. You will become love, and you will find your life filled with miracles and possibilities. So love yourself first, without ego, and you will be complete within unquote. This is a direct quote from what he was given when he was in heaven. I have put this podcast together today because of three things fell in line. The first was that I want to feel that divine love because I think it's hard to love our neighbor as God does when we don't understand what that kind of love feels like. The second is because I was reading that book. And the third is because the other day I was listening to Britt Castillo and the Life Coach School podcast, and she was doing an interview with Sterling with a Catholic uh, mom life coach. And they were talking about God love and self-love and just everything she was saying was just lightened me up. And I thought, this is wonderful. I want to have her on the show. So I invited her to the show. So we could talk about this topic and today you get to listen in. Yay. Sterling, welcome to the Love Your Story podcast.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and especially to be talking about this. It's a
0: great topic, right? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Tell us a little bit about you and what you do.
1: Yeah. Well, I am a uh, Catholic author and speaker and a life coach. I've been doing that for almost seven years now. And I wasn't a life coach, though, until last year. So I found Brooke Castillo, and I went to the life coach school, and I learned about how our thoughts create the results in our lives. And I had been reading a lot of self-help books and a lot of religious books, and I had a lot of tools, a lot of tools in my tool belt, but I didn't know how to actually use them. I didn't know how to actually affect change in my life. And I thought it was just me. I thought maybe I just lacked willpower or discipline. Um, But once I discovered mindset work and this idea that my thinking was what was holding me back, it completely blew my life open. And then I just knew I was going to be a life coach forever. And I was going to help women just encounter the Holy Spirit by really just getting out of their own way right? We just get in our own way and we get wrapped up in believing things that aren't true. And poor God, he's sitting there and he wants to have this huge relationship with us and he loves us so much. Um, But most of us are covering our ears or focusing on the wrong thing and we don't hear him. And then we wonder why, why don't I hear God? Because we read that it's possible, but it's really because we don't have any training about how to manage our minds. And so it's just
0: so loud in there. I feel like we don't often hear him. What do you think about the idea that we have to have self-love as our foundation before we can love others and before we can maybe feel the divine love?
1: Yeah, this is very exciting for me because this was something I totally made up a couple months ago. A a couple months ago, I just kind of posited the idea. I think you have to love yourself before you can feel God's love. And it felt wild because I had never read that anywhere. And I, so I just wasn't sure if it's true. And I was very honest with everybody about that. I was like, I don't know that this is true, but I know I, it was definitely true for me. And then as I worked on loving myself using these life coaching tools and I built this beautiful relationship with myself and I'm 36 and I had not had anything like that. I think most women struggle with self-esteem, but then we get to our adulthood and even when we're aware of it, we're not even really sure how to change it. And so as I began to love myself unconditionally, and I'll mention what that looks like in a little bit, I just felt all of a sudden, it was like my heart had been under a blanket and it was like the blanket was lifted off and I could feel God beaming me love. And I could feel this like incredible warmth from the father. And I just thought, wow, wow of course he was loving me like that the whole time, but I was just blocked because I didn't know how to feel love. And so I just, I'm going to go grab that book because it sounds phenomenal. I'm so excited that this man heard that because it feels so confirming to what I was seeing with me. And then of course, with my clients, I would just see that over and over again that I would teach them how to love themselves and it would just blow open their relationship with the Lord.
0: This is super interesting to hear this. So yeah, back to the, what does it look like? How, if you're struggling with self-love issues, how do you shift that? Yeah, so I just did a parenting workshop today
1: and I was telling the parents because most parents come to me and they're a little bit frazzled, with little kids or teens and they think that their kid's behavior is a problem. And they're like, he's hitting, she's lying. He won't clean his room. This is a problem. But now I know, Almost always the problem is that parents don't know how to love themselves. And if you really learned how to love and take care of yourself, you would also then look at your children and just love them the way that they were too. You wouldn't be worried about them turning out a certain way. We worry about our kids turning out a certain way because we have this idea and I think it's pretty subconscious, but we have this idea that we haven't turned out okay. Like when you Mm -hmm. think that something's wrong with you, And most people will willingly admit, well, I have some weird ideas about money or I feel awkward in social situations. I'm not great at hugging. Um, I'm a little too attached to television. Like we have awareness about some of our quirkiness, but we actually, most of us think that something's wrong with us. We don't love those things. We don't think of them in an endearing way. And so if you can begin to repair that with yourself, if you can begin to see, all of you, the good, the bad, the quirkiness, the weird, even the sins right? If you can begin to see that all of those are just a part of who you are, you can just fall in love with yourself. So one way is just absolute acceptance of every part of you. And for those of you that are parents and not everybody is, but for those of you who are one of the ways that you can know, if you've done this, if I said, Hey, if your kid turns out exactly like you, what bothers you about that? And that will show you right away what you think <laughs> isn't great about yourself, because you'll say, well, I don't want them to be so anxious. I have a lot of clients who are women who are anxious and they'll go, well, I don't want them to be as anxious as me. i be like, why sweetheart? Because you're anxious and I love you. And you are this perfect child of God and he loves you and he loves your anxiety and he loves who you are in this moment. And your anxiety is part of the work that he is calling you to do, Right he made a different woman who doesn't have that, but that means it's not part of her story. It's not part of her work. And so the more that we can love ourselves exactly the way that we are and just make peace with everything that's happened, the more we're able to be calm and peaceful and go do whatever work God has asked us to do.
0: A big dose of Mm self-compassion. And I love that idea because I, anytime that I'm in a space a workshop or a, you know, a, a mindset, a book, whatever. And it's encouraging self-acceptance and self. Um, and especially, I think your point is so well stated about our weaknesses, the things we perceive as our weaknesses. If we can look at those, instead of rejecting them, we're trying to hide them. If we can instead look at those as, a quirkiness or an endearing thing, or or even this is part of what I need to learn. So it's part of my path and and I accept that and I'm okay with it. You know, we're really getting into the the crux of what the Love Your Story podcast is about, which is the acceptance of the messiness of, of our stories and our path, the good and the bad, so that we love our story, which is, you know, really the foundation, I think, for self-love or at least a big part of it, you know?
1: Absolutely. And the other kind of practical way that you can play around with this concept is I'll say, imagine that you were the world's highest paid personal assistant to yourself, right? Imagine that I gave you this like incredibly well-paid personal assistant to anticipate your every need and to take care of you. So when you woke up in the morning, maybe they laid out your clothes. And when you opened your refrigerator, your favorite foods were stocked. In there to keep you well and healthy. And as you looked at your calendar, it had all the work that you needed to do, but with very thoughtful breaks planned. And your water bottle was right there on the counter. And there was even some time to read one of your favorite books, right? I love this exercise because we don't often do a great job of taking care of ourselves. But as soon as I ask you what your personal assistant would do, you instantly know, you're like, oh yeah, this is exactly what I would do for myself. These are my favorite things. This is what makes me feel loved and taken care of and energized and rested. And so that's another way that you can just show yourself how maybe you're not taking care of yourself like that. Mm -hmm. And we don't take care of ourselves like that when we don't really love ourselves,
0: right? When we Yeah. You know, what's interesting about this is I was having a conversation with my brother over the weekend Mm -hmm. and he is working on this self-love concept and he'd been working with a therapist on it. And my brother is a high performing real estate broker. And Mm -hmm. he had mentioned, well, I guess the therapist said, you know, what, what are you doing about food and healthy, taking care of yourself? And, and my brother said, well, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't cook. I don't have time. So I just stop off at Maverick and, you know, get a hot dog right. over something. <laughs> and his, his therapist is like, well, would you take a client? to, you know, out mm-hmm. to dinner at Maverick Great. to get a hot dog. And he's like, no, no. <laughs> and he said, well, why is it okay for you to take better care of a client yeah. than it is for you to take care of yourself? You know, I mean, and so his assignment for that week was that he was to take himself out to a nice dinner. And, yeah. you know, on his birthday, he was to, you know, take a trip that he's always wanted to take. And, and, you know, my brother was like, I, I can do without, I know I can't. So I just always do. But this concept right. of, um, no you know love yourself treat yourself in the way exactly what you were just talking about those two things are really aligning here
1: yeah and the other thing i did last year because again i i really became a life coach last year so my life felt completely upended in the most wonderful way in such a past period of time. And so last year for my birthday, um often I think women in particular don't communicate what they want and then they're kind of disappointed. They're disappointed on their birthdays or on Christmas because they don't ask for what they want. And especially for those who are married, they just kind of hope that their husbands are going to intuit what they want and of course they can't because they're not mind readers. And so then they just feel kind of not loved and not appreciated, which now I know is just a sign that you are not loving and appreciating yourself. So if you have a relationship that you feel like is not fulfilling you, write down everything you think that person isn't doing and just question and be curious, are you doing that for yourself? And so this year or last year, um I Just was like, what would be my perfect birthday? And I just planned my perfect birthday. And it wasn't expensive. Um, I have six kids, so I'm just with children all the time. And I told my husband, I said, I would just love to go to a coffee shop for four hours. Four hours felt so luxurious to me where I would be unrushed. And so I just sat there and I wrote in a journal and I read books and I love doing that. And it was just the perfect amount of time. And then I told him exactly what I wanted for dinner. Um, and once you have kids, you kind of, they want to be involved. So I planned a dinner so they could see that I was having a birthday dinner, but I was losing weight. And so I didn't want to have a birthday cake. But I also didn't want my kids to think that I wasn't doing anything for myself or celebrating myself. So we made berries and we melted dark hot chocolate and we poured Mm -hmm. dark hot chocolate on berries with a little bit of whipped cream on top. So it looked very sensational, like a birthday cake, but it was very in line with how I was feeding my body and where I was at on my weight loss journey. And so it's just, I love that because those things were so simple, but I just felt so loved, so full of enjoyment on my birthday because I asked for what I wanted. I kind of gave it to myself and it was just the most beautiful thing. And I want to invite all of you. You can do that for any event, for any holiday. You can just ask for what you want and create it instead of hoping other people understand and then risking
0: feeling disappointed. I think a lot of women in particular feel feel guilty to give themselves so much time to find time to work out or to find time to, you know, eat the way that they want to, you know, to spend the extra money on the mm-hmm. healthy food or whatever. I don't know. I hear a variety of things from different people. Um, I personally love it. I think it's great to <laughs> just set up your life so that it brings yeah. you joy, right? Um, but I know that lots of different people feel like it's selfish. And I think there's a line there as there is with all things. There's a a median space. And that is obviously if you're self-consumed all the time and you won't do what anyone else wants, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about understanding and knowing, you know, what's your favorite hot chocolate or your favorite tea and having that on hand. And like you said, setting up a birthday the way that you did and knowing that your health and your body is worth Creating a space for you know working out and feeling good and you know creating a life around the things that make you feel loved and important and that enrich your life because truly I think as you do that you also model to your children how mm-hmm. they can do it they see it and and then know how to do the same thing you also as you're doing it create a colorful life that is joyful and and without excuse for you know victimhood. Absolutely. And another big component
1: of, I think, loving yourself is just learning how to speak to your own brain. No one teaches us this. There should definitely be classes in school about mindset and managing your mind and slowing down your thinking so you can see what's in there. And so this is what that looks like for me now. When I'm starting to feel anxious or worried or upset, any kind of fight or flight response in my body, my breathing is shallow, there's tension in my chest, I will touch my skin, first of all. So I will kind of rub my hand or I will touch my neck. And this is important because when you touch your skin, your body will release a little bit of oxytocin. It will help calm you down so that your nervous system calms down. And I will talk to myself like this. I will say, hey, love, you seem really upset right now. What's going on? What do you need? How can I help you right now? Yeah, that was really difficult, that thing that we just went through, but you're okay, you're safe, and I love you, and I'm with you. I'm not going anywhere. And so you can hear I'm kind of talking to what we often call the child inside of us or the scared person inside of us. And I'm talking to that person in a calm, soothing and loving voice to just create this feeling of safety. I think so many of us look to other people for our safety. And of course that never works. You can't ever completely rely on someone other than God. And so by giving yourself this unconditional love and support and telling yourself, you're not going to leave yourself. It just creates this warm and loving relationship. And then back to what we originally were talking about, I think it shows you exactly how God loves us and that he's always with us and he's always there saying things like that. But it's really hard for us to take it in and feel the love of the father when we don't even know what a voice like that sounds like. So I do believe we have to give it to ourselves first and then it allows us to hear what he wants to tell us.
0: So, have you actually had an experience where you feel like you felt God's love in a direct way? And I ask this because, you know, there are those people who have had an opportunity to feel an actual downpour of God's love for them. And for those that have been there, maybe it was the near death experience and they come back and try to explain what it was like to be in that love. And they have a very hard time putting it into words because. You know, there's not an earthly comparison that that they can draw from, so they use terms like not judgmental and flowing and utter peace and unconditional. And then sometimes we get re- reports or from someone who has had an experience, just a a physical experience, not a death one, but where God has shared a deeply personal moment with them, and they felt that that download of love, so to speak. And I have not ever had one of those experiences, but gosh, I would sure love to. Have you ever had one like that? Um, I had, there have been three times
1: in my life where I would say I experienced like a supernatural experience. One was when I was not religious. So that was wild. I was not religious at all. I was living in Seattle. I was a dog trainer at the time. And I was at this point in my business where we had kind of outgrown our space and I was working every day and I was stressful. And we either needed to build out a second space and grow the business, which didn't sound great to me because I was already drowning in stress, um, or just kind of close it and pack it in and say, you know what, this isn't what I want to do with my life. And I woke up one morning and I felt like God said so clearly, close the business, go home and help your mom. And while I have a good relationship with my mom, I had zero desire to leave Seattle where I was living and move to Vancouver, Washington, which is this kind of small town to go stay with my mom at 23. Like that's not cool in any way. And I was successful. I didn't need to go move in with my mom, but I, I, it was such a, a supernatural experience. It was so convicting that uh, I did. I closed my business and I went home and um, she ended up having a, a pretty sudden surgery. And I just happened to be with her to help her kind of recoup from that. And then in that time was when I fell in love with Jesus and then met my husband. So it's interesting looking at it now, I see, oh, of course I had to be there, but that felt very Outside of me is what I would say. It felt like it wasn't my voice and it couldn't have been my voice because I wouldn't have wanted that. I didn't want any of that. And then the second time was really, I did feel a supernatural grace about marrying my husband. We met, he was Catholic. I was very not Catholic. I had no interest in being with someone who was Catholic. I was definitely not that kind of, um, I was a Protestant and we were, you know, I was taking a lot of theology classes and anyway, I just did not want to marry someone who was Catholic. And I just felt this huge peace and God saying like, this is going to be your husband. And I really just obeyed. I just kind of jumped and said, all right. And then because I had been taught that husbands are the spiritual leaders of their households, I just believed that God was calling me to be Catholic. So with kind of no research, I just jumped and said, all right, I'm going to do that. So that was also just a very unusual part of my life, but I it did. It just, I felt so strong. It did. It washed it over me. It was a very unusual feeling.
0: And I just said what, yes. Was there a love aspect to it though? Because I have had I had I've had guidance experiences like that also. Um, but I don't know that I've had love downloads. Does that make
1: sense? I think for me, both of those times, I just felt so much warmth and peace. So I think that did feel like love to me. It felt like safety, even though both those things felt very unsafe to me. They felt very uncertain and unknown and not at all what I thought I wanted. And so I think for me, I would describe the feeling as peace, which I'm sure is the same thing as love, right? I'm sure if we were to look at heavenly currency, you know, peace and love is probably about the same or feels very similar to us. And so I think that is what I felt just completely surrounded by. So that even I mean, my parents thought I was crazy. We we met and we decided to get married like two months later. And it did sound crazy. Um, but I just that feeling was so convicting that I just knew I knew that's what he was asking me
0: to do. So you said that when you had started the self-love, like you had made act taken active steps to create more self-love for you, that you then felt Um, The divine love wash over you in a bigger way. How how far into the self love progress did you have to make before you felt that? And was it was it just kind of an understanding of now that I'm loving myself, I can comprehend what that is, or was there something else?
1: I think I don't remember the timing because as I as I discovered these tools, I kind of changed everything about my life. So my business started growing. I started losing weight. I started. Enjoying my children. So there was a lot that was shifting for me in a quick period of time. But the way that it showed up for me, and I have not been a faithful journaler, okay, for my whole life. I've always wanted to cultivate that habit, but struggled to do it. But I started writing and I would write questions to God. And then I felt like He would just answer them so clearly. And it wasn't in big answers like, hey, you should move here or do this wasn't instructions, but it would just be like, I love you and you're doing okay. Or I love that about you or don't worry about that. Very clipped, very short, um, but very warm and loving. And I just felt so much love and acceptance and trust. I think that was the feeling that came out the most is all of a sudden I felt like, wow, he really does see me. He sees me and he loves me. And one of the big things that changed for me is I had been kind of resisting this idea of being a working mom. I had built up an idea that it's not a good thing to be a working mom. So I had been really resisting that. And as soon as I learned some of these things, I just felt that he was saying, of of course I made you to do that. And he's like, I don't make everybody to do all the things, but I made you to do this, stop fighting it. And then as i leaned into that and as i embraced the work he was asking me to do everything in my life got better because it's like the puzzle pieces clicked into place and so i think without knowing how to love ourselves and get quiet it's really about getting quiet but when you love yourself and you start stop believing those loud stories about not being good enough and being a fraud or not having enough when you drop all of that and you drop into peace and trust i think you just are able to hear him so much more clearly
0: Mm, I like that idea of dropping into peace and trust. I think there's a lot of truth to that. You know, I've I've heard from some people that when they don't feel the love of God in their lives, like they call on him or they, you know, they they seek him out and they don't really feel it or not sure that he's there, that they then feel like there's some sense of unworthiness about them mm-hmm. or what is yeah. it that makes it so that I can't hear God? Like, why can you? They might be listening to yes. this and think, you know, why, why are you a favored child? <laughs> you know Why Why do you get to hear him? And I don't, um, what do you say to that? But now I think this
1: is the answer. I mean, I think I, there were many times when I felt that way. And now I think it's, oh, because I would just say to anyone feeling that way, you probably have not been trained to love yourself. It's not your fault. That's not an intuitive thing. Or maybe it is, but it gets stamped out of us so early because of the way that we're trained growing up or in, you know, modern culture. And so if you don't know how to love yourself, he's probably is talking to you, but you can't hear it. Like maybe it's a wavelength that isn't available to you right now because you're sticking your fingers in your ear going la, 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 believing all of these things about yourself. So as you unplug your ears and love yourself, I think you hear his voice. He's always been talking to you, but you just didn't have access to that. So the first thing I would say is Don't feel bad about that. None of us got this training. None of us knew this. Today is maybe the first day that you've ever heard about self-love and self-compassion in a way that didn't sound prideful, in a way that didn't make it sound like being self-involved. Because I think sometimes we can get a little new agey in the culture right now and we can get a little too focused on self-care and people can be really entitled. And that's not at all what we're talking about. We're talking about the softness of just loving yourself the way that you are and knowing that God created you to be exactly who you are. He wasn't out sick that day, right? I think we have this idea that maybe he was not paying attention or he created us, but only to be our perfect selves. And so we're blowing it. We're blowing it. And now we're this you know altered version of ourselves and he's so disappointed. But listen you guys, God is outside of time. He saw your whole life before you even came into the world. He did not get confused. He gave you all of the parts that you need to live this hero's journey that you're on. And and it does look different than everybody else's journey. It has to because it's just yours. And so the more you can accept that and be curious about it, the more likely it is that you are going to walk closely with him and live this life the way he envisioned it
0: well said (laughs) i really i really do i i second that i i want to share another quote from that book because it takes us into forgiveness it says one way to engender self-love is through forgiveness learning to forgive others as well as yourself i think many of us on this self-love journey that there are you know Things we've done or experiences we've had or things that have been done to us, whatever the, you know, the garbage piles up and then there's the, the lack of self-forgiveness that, um, that starts to corrode. And so this is an interesting idea that, you know, take, take stock as you're looking at your self-love journey. Are there things you need to forgive yourself for? And if that's a part of it, let's get on top of that. What are your thoughts about forgiveness and self-love?
1: Yeah, absolutely. One of the exercises I have, almost all of my clients do, but especially my weight loss clients is to write themselves a letter, just to write themselves a letter and say, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry I treated you that way. I'm so sorry I didn't take care of you. Um, I'm so sorry I slept with all those boys and I didn't protect your heart. I'm so sorry I let that person treat us poorly and I didn't stand up for us right just really making peace with yourself for all of those things you know i think that it it can bring a lot of healing i don't rush my clients through that process because i think you have to be really ready and I think you'll know when you're ready. You'll know when you're ready to kind of open the closet of your past and and take stock of all those things and start doing this exercise. But it's incredibly healing. And the other thing I ask people, especially the ones who feel blocked and can't hear the voice of God, I'll ask them, is there something that you need to forgive God about? And here's the thing. God is all good and knowing, and he doesn't do anything wrong. But that doesn't mean that we are not holding a grudge against him right? And so sometimes you need to go through the act of forgiving God. He doesn't need you to because he didn't do anything wrong, but it might be the healing you need to unblock what it is. So maybe you ended up in a marriage that was really painful and you're really angry at him about that or a child that was really rebellious or whatever it is that's happened to you and you're angry at him. Forgiving him can be an incredibly powerful exercise and I think it can really unblock, you know, some of the, the anger that we have. And that's another way that
0: we can then hear his voice. If perhaps we were struggling with that. Mm, Love that. Another quote was my spiritual eyes were opened and I understood that to not love myself is to not love God and to be separated from him. I thought that was a really bold statement because we all like to think, you know, that, that, um, I don't know. I, I'm not, let me take that back. We don't all like to think this, but I think many times people think they have to be very humble in order to be showing love to God. So, this idea of if I'm not loving myself, I'm actually not loving God, and that that separation actually separates me from Him. I don't think that's one we talk about very much, but I, I think it's true.
1: Yeah, I think it is true. God lives inside of us, right? We believe that God lives inside of us. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And so you are the temple for God. And if you aren't taking care of it, if you aren't loving yourself, it is a way of not loving God. And I think when we allow ourselves to go down the rabbit hole of either depression or anxiety, and most most of us struggle with one or the other. Most of us are prone to depression or prone to anxiety. But both of those are an example of distancing ourselves from God right so when we're depressed and we stop living with hope and we stop connecting with him we stop hearing him we live in darkness and You know, because you stop taking care of yourself when you're depressed, right? You stop showering, you stay in your sweatpants, you watch hours and hours of television, and you start disliking yourself. And so when we're depressed and we treat ourselves poorly, we get further and further from God, which is why it feels like this deep, dark hole that we crawl into and we can't get out of. And then on the anxiety side, I think what happens is we get really worried and anxious, which is the opposite of what God asks us to do, right? He always says, be not afraid and peace be with you. But we get wrapped up in anxiety. And what keeps you from God in an anxious situation is your are spinning and being so loud in your mind. So in your mind, you're, I don't know what's going to happen. The country isn't stable. What about the shipping? What's happening with China? And all of a sudden you're spinning out and that noise is so loud that it keeps God from being with you. And in anxiety, we tend to spin out and stop taking care of ourselves as well. And so I think, you know, when we go to both of those places, we stop taking care of ourselves and then we don't feel God there. And it's confusing because we think, I'm struggling, Lord. Where are you? You told me you'd be here with me. And he's probably standing there like, I am, honey, but you need to calm down or be quiet or take a shower and then you'll hear me a little bit more.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, Love it. I I love to think of him just standing right there being patient and loving him. Final thoughts about... You know, helping us learn to love ourselves, helping us to access divine love, helping us to feel and work from that space. We've done a lot of talking about it. I don't know if you have anything else you want to tie up with, but we're open to advice here.
1: Yeah. And one of my favorite books is Self-Compassion by Kristen Neff. And she is um, a psychologist and a scientist, and she wanted to actually study the science of self-compassion and her book is incredibly compelling and has a lot of actual exercises that you can go through to practice having compassion for yourself, including forgiving your past self um, and just taking care of yourself in a lot of different ways. I, I think that's a fantastic book, but if you're looking for ways that you maybe don't love yourself or have full acceptance, I, again, just saying, if I had a child, who ended up exactly like me, whether you're married and have children or not. But if you imagine having a child who grew up exactly like you, what do you feel about that? What do you think about that? What worries you? What makes you embarrassed? What makes you sad that you don't want them to end up like that? And that will kind of begin to show you maybe some areas that you could be doing some healing on yourself.
0: You know what? Let's make that our challenge for this week. and. In the episodes where we talk about concepts, I always try to pose a challenge at the end of the episode. Let's make that the challenge for this week to think about what, if our children turned out like we did, <laughs> What would we, how would we feel about that? Sterling, thank you so much for being on the show. I loved the conversation.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I mean, you just blew my mind with that book that I wasn't even aware of. And it made me so happy to, to know that someone else is saying that. So I'm going to go get that book and, and read more about what he has to say. Cause it sounds really powerful.
0: You'll like it. Where can people find you? Um, and you only work with Catholic moms. Is that I correct?
1: Do. I'm sorry, you guys, at this point, I'm already so busy with that. Um, and of course, you know, a life coach, school coach can coach anyone. And there are so many now, but yes, I coach Catholic moms. Um, although my company made for greatness is also going to be launching the male side of that as well. So we will have, um, male coaches who are coaching Catholic men. So you can find us at madeforgreatness.co. There's no M on the end. Um, that's where you can find us and everything that we do. Thank you
0: so much. Appreciate you. you. I enjoyed this. So let's just review the steps for accessing that great understanding of who we are and how much we are loved. First, as Brene Brown stated, we have to believe that we are worthy of love and belonging. If you don't have that one figured out yet, start there. The second one is that once we get that we are worthy of it, then we must start doing the work to love and accept ourselves. This is what Love Your Story is all about, right? It's about learning to love and accept our story no matter how messy it is or where it's been. And number 3 is with these under our belt, then we begin to access the divine love which helps us to love ourselves even more because we have a greater um understanding of what love is and what it feels like and that helps us to love others better and it helps us to begin to feel God's divine love for us more openly, more fully, right? So Sterling had some lovely ideas, you know, whenever she would sort of speak in the way that she hears God, hearing him in this voice as a loving, kind, accepting um, parent standing next to you. I really like that. That helps me to feel closer to God. And as he loves me more as if he's he's standing there talking to me in a kind voice, Um, I think in my own mind and heart, I might hear him as a little more critical and I get to work on that. Um, Also like this idea of self-compassion, as we are compassionate with ourselves and allowing for the things we might see as weaknesses or quirks and instead accept them as, you know, this is part of our path and part of who we need to be to learn what we need to learn. Um, All of that becomes loving and accepting of us also, which I think is super key. There's so much self-criticism that um, builds a foundation that's very unstable for us. So we already posed the challenge for this week. So move forward with that. And as we close out 2021, I want to remind you to pick up your copy of Life, Living Intentional and Fearless every day and do those challenges or pick them up. And you know what? It's the perfect gift for the holidays because you Gosh, you're not only giving a gift that is a thing, but you're giving a gift that guides your loved one into a whole bunch of wonderful challenges that help them to live their lives better. You can get those on Amazon. And also, if you want to love your story t-shirt for yourself or someone else, um, hop on loveyourstorypodcast.com, order your t-shirt, and then send me photos of you in it. I get pictures from all over the place um, as people are out loving their story and shooting pictures of themselves in it. And they send me those. And every once in a while, I'll post on Facebook, a whole collection of of pictures of people in their t-shirts, but it just thrills me. It makes me so happy. Remember that you can share these episodes with anyone that you think might be on a self-love journey or looking for divine love. Hit the link and share it with them. Friends and family, create a little support and love for each other just by sharing some inspiration. Thank you for being here and we will see you in a couple of weeks.